Welcome to Creative in Tech. Powered by Reed Speaker. Technology is constantly evolving, and the companies that adapt win. In this podcast, you'll hear from companies and thought leaders across various verticals who blend the art and science in one of the biggest growing spaces in technology, conversational AI. You'll hear how they're creating the touchtone experiences that will define the next generation of customer strategy. Join me, Carrie Roberts, your host for this podcast and the brand evangelist for North America at readspeaker.ai as we explore the intersection of creative and tech. Welcome to Creative and Tech, a podcast show powered by readspeaker.ai. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I'm the brand evangelist for North America at Readspeaker. This show is all about highlighting the various people, brands, and organizations that creatively use one of the fastest growing spaces in technology, artificial intelligence, including things like conversational AI, voice technology, and more. And today we have a very unique and special conversation. I am joined today with Susan Bennett. She is known as the voice of Siri, but she is also a professional speaker. She sings and does many other things. I'm so excited to have you, Susan. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I want to start a little bit about just your background individually as a whole. You know, like I said, you've been in singing, you've done in speaking. Where did you kind of begin and how did you get into voice acting as a whole, Susan? Well, it all started with music. Um, I've been playing the piano since I was four. Uh, I could play by ear. And so I took piano lessons for many years. And then I started singing in high school and uh, continued in college doing musicals and, and started singing in a band. And then I got married right out of college and moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And I started doing the same thing there. And I also started singing uh, in studios, backup vocals and jingles and things like that. And one day the, um, the voice actor didn't show up to read the copy for the jingle we had sung. And the studio owner said, Susan, you don't have an accent. Come over here and read this copy. So I did. And I went, ding, ding, ding. I can do this. So I got a coach and then got a talent agent. And so I've been doing that now for many years. Ah, well, who would have thought not having the accent would be an advantage and the ability to do jingles and different things. That's really exciting. How you kind of got into this role with Siri, you know, what is this story? How did it begin? Was it something that you were thinking about and actively pursuing or did it just happen? Can you kind of tell us the story of how you got into it? Yes, I don't really know how I got into it, except for the fact that I had read a lot of IVR scripts. Now, IVR is interactive voice response. And I had done that through a company here in Atlanta called GM Voices. And when I saw these new scripts, I thought, well, this is this is something really different because they were, you know, the, because Siri was the first uh, virtual assistant, basically the first public manifestation of AI. And so a lot of the, you know, they were, everybody was kind of feeling, feeling our way uh, along. And I didn't really know what I was recording for. I was told it was some kind of generic phone messaging thing. And so after doing all of these recordings, um, it, it ended up being about five months of recordings. And uh, all of the scripts were created just for sound because what they would do is a process called concatenation where they would go in and extract sounds from the recordings and reform them into new phrases and sentences. And these are what ended up on our devices. So um, uh, the scripts were really tough and tedious because it was very monotonous. Most of them did not make sense. 
And we would have to do a lot of repetitive things like say the shrouding again, say the shrading again, say the shrouding again, say the shrouding again, et cetera, et cetera. So it was very tedious because, and everything had to be read exactly the same so that they could just pick their sounds out and they would all be sort of, you know, equal. So it was a, it was an interesting experience. And so six years after these recordings, uh, suddenly I'm the voice of Siri and uh, it was a surprise. So, so I, don't know who chose my voice. <laughs> I don't know who chose my voice or when they did it. So uh, yeah, it was a total surprise. Did you find, you know, when you were, um, when you found that out, when you were the voice of Siri, did you notice that were people coming up to you and saying, oh my gosh, you sound like the voice I have on my phone? Like, what was that experience like? Was there any type of maybe celebrity status that came with it at that time, especially when it was new? No, not until I revealed myself. Uh, <laughs> and there were only two people in the entire time that I was on the iPhone that recognized my voice. One guy was a waiter and the other was a guy who worked in a bank. And I said, you guys are in the wrong field. You've got really good ears. You need to get into audio somehow. <laughs> That's really cool. So as you kind of find out, okay, you become this voice of Siri. How did it change your life? Did it? at all? Did it allow for more opportunities to come? Did it prevent opportunities? Were you approached any differently? You know, what was kind of that maybe aftermath of kind of learning that, okay, now I'm this voice and, and you've continued to be that voice for a long time? Well, it, it didn't, as I said, it didn't really uh, have an effect except emotionally for the first couple of years. Um, it took me a while to reveal myself because I was really afraid it was going to impact my voiceover career. I had been lucky enough to do all different kinds of voiceover work. And I was really afraid that if I uh, identified myself as the voice of Siri, that I would be seriously typecast and stereotyped. And so that would, uh, you know, suddenly all of us, all I would, all I would be doing is like being a robot voice or, <laughs> or the voice of, you know, sounding like Siri. So it took me a long time to make that decision. My husband and son were just really adamant that I was being very silly that uh, I was missing out on a big opportunity. And basically what it meant was it meant something different for me. And so it turned out to be a really wonderful thing because this happened to me very late in my career. And uh, so, you know, any of you who have been working in this business for a long time, you know that, you know, gradually you're replaced by other people and uh, you don't get as much work as you used to. And so Siri basically gave me a whole new career. So I'm, I'm very... But I'm very happy with the fact that it happened. <laughs> um, she allowed me to do something I never would have expected, which was to become a public speaker. And uh, someone suggested, in fact, it was uh, Steve Wozniak from Apple who suggested that. Uh, he's the only one that I ever talked to from Apple, and I met him at a tech conference. And he, I had to go up on stage and 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 say some things uh, about Siri. And he said, "You know, you're a natural on stage." He said, "You really ought to do this." And so he's the one that encouraged me. So I went home and wrote a presentation and then that's how it all started. Oh, that's wonderful. And I know I've seen you before COVID, obviously I've seen you on television, on different shows, kind of talking about your experience as well. You know, I think you bring up an important point for creatives. I'm a dancer. Um, and I understand, you know, from an acting standpoint as well, you don't want to be typecasted per se. But when you said, okay, no, actually this is me that allowed for opportunities, but different opportunities. I think that's something important to talk about, you know, from a creative standpoint, whether it's a voice actor or an actor, dancer, performer, any advice that you would have to them where they feel like, okay, I'm being put in a box 
but maybe would allow them to kind of open themselves to other opportunities they haven't thought of. Yeah, it's difficult when you've when you've had a uh, successful career doing. And I never did just add one thing. I, I had a band with my husband for almost twenty five years, and so I've done a lot of different things. But I really, really loved voiceover work. I especially loved it uh, back in the day when we <laughs> used to, uh, all gather in the studio and work together. That was so much fun doing dialogue with other actors. You know, it was really it was a different experience. Uh, rather than just being isolated in our little booths the way we are now. But it's a difficult transition as you move into different stages in your life. If you've really loved what you were doing and suddenly through no fault of your own, you're just not getting the same amount of work or the same type of work that you were getting before. And so you have to constantly keep testing yourself, I think, and keep trying different things until you latch on to something new that can really, you know, uh, take the place of whatever, whatever you were doing before. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I, you know, I, I'm glad that you were able to kind of step forward and say, you know, this is me and allow yourself to kind of have this lucrative career. You know, we talk a lot on this show about uh, voice technology and branding. What would you say from a, maybe a voice actor standpoint, what makes a great voice and why does having a great voice matter to a brand? Wow. That's an interesting question. Uh, I think it's kind of a hard thing to define. Um, but it's kind of, you kind of know a great voice when you hear it, you know, it's just, it, it has, uh, I don't know. It has some depth. It has depth to it. Um, yeah, that's a really, it's, it's kind of a a hard, it's like trying to define art. (laughs) It's, you know, it's a really hard thing to pinpoint. It's kind of one of those things where you know it when you hear it. And, but the voice is a very important thing to people. And, uh, you know, for instance, now that we are sort of reduced to doing everything texting and everything's abbreviated and, and we're not really explaining ourselves completely, um, email has even become sort of old school. Everything's being texted now. And I think we're losing a lot from that because, uh, and, and the way that we can get around that is through the voice, because when you're just, when something is in print and especially if it's abbreviated, it's very difficult to get the feeling across because, you know, if you say one line of, uh, you know, if you see a printed line of something and you don't have an emoji, that's where emojis came from because emojis are replacing the voice because, you know, you can have a line that's, that was meant sarcastically or meant as a joke. And if you read it without that in mind or without hearing the voice, you know, creating that feeling for you, um, you could totally misunderstand what was being said. And so uh, the voice is very important. And I think that as we move into more and more AI and as the AI voices become more and more human, uh, it's going to be important for people as we keep getting replaced by machines to at least keep that that aspect of humanity. <laughs> Yes. And that kind of brings me to, like you said, kind of where we're at today, you know, at Read Speaker AI, we are a text-to-speech company. So we work with voice actors and then we create kind of these AI voices. And, you know, there's always this conversation with voice actors of, like you just said, am I being replaced? And I always think of it as like, it's more about scaling a voice. You know, there are certain things where having a real human voice and doing something more creatively is important. And there are other areas where maybe a text-to-speech, like an IVR, other things could fit. And, you know, when I think of voice technology, if there's something that's a conversational AI, 
I speak to like an IVR or like a Siri, right? I speak to a device, it does something in between, and then it speaks back to me. There's something about that qualitative feeling, as you just mentioned, that we sometimes see with emojis or in, in text um, that is important you know, when we're having it speak back to us. It, it gives us a, a better experience. So I just am curious, you know, on your thoughts, uh, you know, maybe you don't know that much about where the space is going at this point, but just from your experience and your thoughts overall, your feelings on kind of these synthetic voices and what are some of the positives that you see, not only for voice actors, but maybe just in the technology space as well? Unfortunately, um, I don't think it's that advantageous to the actors. Uh, many there are many instances where, uh, including my my experience, that the voice uh, when it was recorded, it was intended for one thing, and it turned out to be something else. And uh, that's a very difficult thing for a voice actor. I, there's no way for me to measure the impact that that Sirius had on my career. Uh, but what I can say is that. You know, uh, suddenly I was the voice of Siri. My voice became so ubiquitous, and uh, my voice is also on lots of GPSs. And uh, so, consequently, people know my voice. They may not know where they've heard it, but they know my voice. And so, there's no way for me to measure the impact that's had on my career. Um, so, I think that you know, in the future, when people's voices are going to be used in that situation, the actor needs to be compensated. You know, because uh, up to this point, that has not happened. And so that's that's a tricky part. Um, and as far as, um, you know, you will, you will listen to all of the uh, virtual assistants that are out there now, and they're getting pretty close, but you'll still hear. I just don't know that they'll ever get the rhythm of the human voice. I, I'm not sure. They're getting pretty close, but you'll still hear Siri or Alexa things say things like, I went there. You know, it's like, I went there or I went there, not I went there. You know, you still got that little eh, not quite right rhythm <laughs> that lets you know that it is not a human being. So, yeah, I think, um, well, you know, I think for the first piece you're talking about, I agree again, as a, I'm a, like I said, I'm a dancer, as a creative, as an artist myself, I agree. It's really important to make sure artists in any genre are compensated uh, correctly. And it's something that, you know, here at ReadSpeaker and a lot of other companies uh, hopefully are doing the same thing. We really make sure we have contracts in place. I always talk about creatives, make sure you have a lawyer, you have someone with you um, to make sure, like you said, you know, where is my voice being used at the time that maybe you did stuff, unfortunately, that wasn't done. And so that you can see, okay, am I getting compensated? Can I scale my voice? So I think that's really important. And you're right. I think it's always coming back to when we think of AI as a whole and people say, oh, robots are taking over. <laughs> I always kind of laugh because I'm like, I don't always think of it that way. I think, you know, in terms of artificial intelligence, it can help us scale things. It can take away tasks that we don't want to do or that are repetitive, but it's not supposed to be fully human-like, right? And that's where I think there is that place for, like you said, having that kind of creative moment where maybe that long form content, that type of commercial, that specific thing. But sometimes for something maybe like an IVR, you know, something that is a synthetic voice, like you had said, like a Siri is something that can be beneficial to an organization. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah, I think it, it definitely can. And, you know, you want different things for, you know, different voices are, uh, 
you know, appropriate for different types of products too. So there's a, there's a place for a lot of different sounds. Um, yeah, I think that it's, it's just something that as we progress, we, we've seen such great change technologically in the last 20 years um, that than we've ever seen before, I think, except for the industrial revolution, you know, and it's, uh, so this is just, it's kind of, I think we're in kind of a transitional period and an adjustment period of, uh, working with the machines. And, you know, I think people are afraid they're going to be replaced by machines. Um, but you know, that's just something we're going to have to deal with. We're going to have to figure out how to make that work so that we all, (laughs) that we all, that we all still have a place on the planet. Yes. Well, it's, I think it is just about similar to what you mentioned earlier, you know, uh, adjusting yourself, being able to not feel typecasted like you would in a role similar to a job, being able to really look at what are other avenues that I can be creative. Um, again, kind of going back to branding and voice, if somebody is looking for a voice actor, whether it's for, I want to do a commercial, I want to do something on television, I want to do a voiceover, I want to do a synthetic voice. Like, how do they, if you have any suggestions, decide who is the right voice? Do you have any suggestions of how they can choose someone to represent their brand or what they should look for in choosing a voice that's there, similar to like they would do for a Sonic brand or, you know, a design logo? Well, a lot of it has to do with what the product is for. You know, you're not going to do a, you know, you're not going to have a, a person with a little high pitched, you know, millennial voice uh, selling uh, depends. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, a lot of it just makes sense, you know, and, you know, if, you, if you're selling a product that is, you need a nice, soft, comforting voice, you know, rather than an edgy voice, you know, a lot of it just makes sense to me, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it goes back to, like you said, kind of, you know, who are you trying to reach? maybe testing some things as well to see what the audience likes. Um, I also think it's nice to have kind of options. Um, you know, as you've seen, right, you know, having been the voice of Siri, I know recently, you know, there's been options to kind of change and have different voices. So people can choose if they want maybe a male or female or they want something else. So we're seeing a lot more, um, openness. And I think people forget, you know, there's so many different voices so many different people, right? Sometimes we think, oh, it's just a male or female voice, but every single person has a different cadence, a different presentation. And as a professional actor, I assume, you know, you know how to adjust your voice to do different things. Yes. Yeah, of course. That's, that's part of the business, but there is a certain, you know, inherent sound in each individual's voice. And, you know, a lot of that just has to do with personal taste. It's like what music you like. You know, it's very subjective. So a lot of it just depends on who's choosing the voice as to what they hear, what pleases them, or what they think their uh, ho- hopefully prospective uh, customers will like. So yeah, it, it's all very subjective. Yeah, I, I would agree. You're right. Some people might like one voice, some might not like the other. So maybe that's why it's good to test uh, some options as well. So when you're thinking, again, you talked about you know where you kind of started. You were the voice of Siri. You're kind of doing some public speaking. We're talking about the technology now. Where do you see kind of this technology going in terms of AI, conversational AI, synthetic voice, and voice acting? Do you have any thoughts of where you see it going or maybe where you'd like to see it going in the future? You know, I really don't. I am not a techie person at all. And that's one of life's great ironies. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, if there is a wrong button to push, I will find it. <laughs> but yeah, I really, I'm not really sure because to tell you the truth, that, that isn't, uh, the aspect of voice. That isn't the aspect of, uh, creativity or performance that interests me. You know, I'm more interested in like the human, the human condition, the human interaction rather than, you know, the, uh, the AI thing. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's here, it's here to stay. And it's obviously something that people are going to invest in. It's something we're going to have to really deal with from an economic point of view when, um, you know, they can create these, uh, you know, uh, AI, machines and robots that can do things that and take the place of humans we do have to consider that and what we're going to what the rest of us are going to do well you know it's uh it, it's really really hard to say it's really hard to say well and it's yeah you know the technology changes so fast um especially we've seen in the last year and a half again across the board um of just having to adopt so much from being at home as we talked about you know online events online things um, how do we change all of that? So we are seeing that move quickly. But I think you're right. You know, just being able to be open, to adapt, to have conversations, to ask questions, and really make sure that any company that's doing technology is still thinking of the human piece, the human implications, and making sure that that is a piece of what's being created as well. Now, do you have any tips for voice actors today? Maybe one tip that you would give, especially now, again, we're working from home, things are different, things are changing. Any tips or advice you'd give for voice actors of today? Well, uh, I'm glad that I didn't start out now because I'm basically an introvert. And uh, I got a lot of my work originally through my agents. And nowadays, uh, because so much of the work has gone non-union and there's so much of the work is just done through the internet, that the onus is on the talent. So now the talent has to do everything. You know, in the past, we used to just have to show up, you know, and, and use our voices. But now we have to be the, um, we have to audition online. So we have to be the director, the performer, the editor, because they, they all want it perfect, you know, the audition even. And uh, so that's very, very different from the way it was in the past. So my, my advice is to learn as much as you can about your craft, you know, not just the technological aspect, which of course is very important. You have to know how to, how to have your own home studio. Uh, and it's very simple and it's very inexpensive compared to, I mean, when I built my own from the ground up, I mean, I spent thousands of dollars. Now, if you have a smartphone, a mixer face, a microphone, a good microphone and a closet, you've got a studio. So that's an advantage. Um, the advantage and the disadvantage are both the same, you know, which is the internet. And so you can get on and put your wares on the internet, uh, but whether you get work from it, that's another thing. So you, it's, you know, the tip would be to find out, find your niche, find where you can get some work. Um, agents are still important, you know, especially in bigger cities and especially for bigger um, uh, clients and for bigger projects. You know, you, it definitely is advantageous to, to have an agent, but it's very easy to get started. And it's, and, and if you join these uh, internet companies like voice one, two, three, and things like that, you get an opportunity to do a lot of auditioning. And that's, that's important because auditioning, auditioning is really tough. It, you, when, when, you know, in the past, when I used to go into audition to the agent's office, 
you know, the agent would help you through it and explain, you know, and sometimes the client would even be there. And so you would have that human contact. Now it's all just very cut and dried. I mean, you, you go into your studio, you, you do a couple of takes, you send it on, you email it and, um, or upload it and, um, and that's it. And you just wait to see if you hear from anybody. So it's a very different experience. And as I said, it's, it's, it's all up to the talent to do it all. So the, the better you can get of the technology, the better you get. You still have to have some skills in voiceover. You've got to be able to read well, because when you get into the actual session, you know, many times they'll, if they're doing a 60 second commercial, many times they'll write 62 or 63 seconds worth of stuff and you have to try to get it in there. So you, you need to be able to read well and articulate, um, as varied as you can be is, is your greatest asset, you know? So you want to be as diverse as possible and, uh, and be able to think on your feet. I always advise people to, to do, um, improv, uh, because it's, you know, if you can do improv, you can do anything. <laughs> it just makes you, you have to just do it on the spot. And it's very helpful. It's scary. It's, it can be scary, but it's very, very helpful. So anything that you can do to just be as um, versatile as you possibly can, learn the technology, learn the voiceover skills, and then just throw yourself out there. <laughs> Would you say, cause you're, you know, saying be versatile, but then you also say kind of be niche when you kind of brand yourself as a voice actor, because again, brands are looking for someone to fit their brand. Do you recommend that somebody describes themselves in a particular way? Like, Oh, happy Southern accent or something, or should they give like just samples? Like how do you describe, or maybe tell a voice actor to be able to describe their brand so that brands can find them for what they need? Well, when you put together your demos, uh, now they, we used to have everything on just one demo, but now they want a demo for everything. You've got a commercial demo, a narration demo, an animation demo, an e-learning demo. I mean, just on and on and on. And so, you know, you want to have all of those things short, like 60, 60 seconds. Um, but basically, you know, when you want to start off with your normal voice, you know, how you just sound speaking on, you know, just naturally. So it's, it's, it's kind of a a little bit of both, you know, you've got to put your own voice out there, but then show all the different things that you can do. So, well, and I think you even just saying, make sure you have a recording of your natural voice is important because a lot of people want to start with that first and then kind of layer something from there. So I think that's good to have that. And then like you said, the options. Well, I thank you so much, Susan. I am so sorry that um, Kathleen, unfortunately, wasn't able to get her sound working for us in time. Um, but like I said, she was the voice of 411 and and worked in media in her time as well. And now as an author and a speaker as well. Um, but I thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights. If people want to connect with you, Susan, they have questions, maybe they want to learn from you, they want to hire you to speak, where is the best place they can do that? The best thing to do is contact me through my website, which is susancbennett.com. And Bennett is two N's, two T's. Um, I'm on social media, but I'm not very active, unfortunately. It's um, at Seriously Susan, S-I-R-I-O-U-S-L-Y Susan, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And then I'm also on Facebook. Susan I love Bennett, it. Siri. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. I am so glad that you shared that this was your voice and you're able to be doing a lot of other things that has led you to different opportunities. And I thank you so much for being here and sharing your insight. I greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. 
Thank you. And if you are watching and listening, if you want to see other video interviews we've done, you can check out our Read Speaker AI YouTube page, as well as listen to our audio podcast, Creative and Tech, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Creative and Tech. Want to learn more about conversational AI, text-to-speech, or be notified of our upcoming episodes and events? Learn more at readspeaker.ai.